Great episode in store today as we have Chris Kaliza, author that talks about power players, his new book, Sports, Politics, and the American Presidency. Chris is up in just a moment to tell us all about it. Hey, this is Darren Hayes. You've probably heard me on the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch. Well, welcome to my journey of learning more about sports history. And we're going to do it by learning about the great athletes and the uniforms that they wore as they both tell a lot about the games that we love and have watched so much throughout most of our lives. These are the chronicles I'm going to share with you on what I've learned through my journey in the Sports Jersey Dispatch. Hello, my sports history friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to all things great in sports history. And welcome to another edition where we are going to bring on a very interesting author of a recent book that he has released. He is a, a, a person that has been a, a lot in journalism and politics and now writing books a little bit on sports. His name is Chris Saliza, and he has wrote a book, Power Players, Sports, Politics, and the American Presidency. Chris, welcome to the pig pen. Thank you for having me. Now, Chris, you have a, a very uh, well-known career. Uh, you've, you know, you've worked for CNN, the Washington Post, and, uh, you know, and we know you, you, you know, how you've reported on politics and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, what brings you into, you know, crossing over <laughs> a little bit into the sports? Yeah, realm? totally. Great question. Well, um, so I would say that once I gave up my uh, dreams of being in the NBA at about 13 or 14, <laughs> I had to look for another career. Um, and what always interested me was journalism. And honestly, sports journalism was what interested me interested me most. I wound up going into politics uh, through, I got jobs in college that were sort of in political journalism, and I wound up going into that space. But I always sort of kept my interest in and love of sports there. So when I when my editor and the publishing house came to me and said, hey, you want to write another book? I knew that that was the space I wanted to be in because I've always been so passionate about sports and politics. Um, now, the question was like, how do we get into a space where we touch both of those fan bases? You know, how do you write, how do you write smartly about sports and politics? And I honestly, it was a long time sort of the seed to germinate and think of the, the right way to do it. And, you know, we eventually came up with this idea that what we would do is we would look at the sports that presidents played both as kids. And then also as they aged sports, they loved sports, they watched on television or listened to on the radio and what that could tell us about who they are and how they governed when in office. Now, that was the idea. And I think anytime you, you launch a book, you're like, Here, here's my idea. Let's do some research and editing and, and writing and see if that bears itself out. If it doesn't, we'll scrap it and try something else. Lucky for me, that first idea came through and it, it worked in a way that uh, I, I'm really happy with the final product. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really very clever that you married the two. These are, you know, the the things that you see on the headlines of the front page of newspapers. You know, anything that the president does, anything big in sports that happens, you combine <laughs> the two into one uh, segment and put it in this book. It's just uh, very interesting. And I guess it almost models uh, what you did in the book with the presidents to your your enjoyment. You you, you love the politics. Totally. Combine the sports in it and uh, sort of marries up very well. Yeah, no, I, it was entirely a selfish idea on my part because I wanted to write. I wanted to write something I was interested in. I mean, I think the best books, in my experience, and the best journalism, generally speaking, comes from a place of people who have, are passionate about it. I always say that if you're not passionate about what you're writing about, it's hard to get somebody to pay, you know, whatever twenty five dollars for a hardcover copy of a book. 
Um, and so I really wanted to make sure it was a topic I felt passionately about and that I, that, that I could bring that passion to in the writing. So yes, no question. I, this was a reflection of my own interests and then thinking hard about, you know, are there enough people who have those two similar interests? And then what can we say interesting about sports and politics? I just didn't want to write a book that was like, there's sports and there's politics. I wanted to say something interesting about the connection between the two. That was the focus and the goal. Well, you did very well at both of those. And uh, you know, Thank I, you. I think, uh, I mean, just to give the the listeners a little idea about the general dynamic of the book, you're, you're covering the last 12 or 13 presidents. I think you, you have right. them all included in there from uh, from Ike all the way to Joe Biden. And uh, you know, that's right. 13 presidents. Yes, I, I wanted you know, there are great stories about presidents before the modern era, basically since World War II. George Washington, there are great stories about he bent an iron bar in half. He threw a ball over the Potomac River. Like there, there's some really good stuff in there. But ultimately, I thought I wanted to have something that was not a thousand pages long. That was my one thing. I didn't want I don't think I could. And I didn't want to write a book that was that long. And I wanted it to feel manageable. I wanted it to feel like even though, you know, some people I'm 47, I, I don't remember Dwight Eisenhower's time in office, but it feels like post-World War II was a manageable and 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 digestible group of presidents, 13 presidents, all of whom had some connection or, or other two sports that we could tell those stories about. You get into some details. Uh, you know, I don't remember Dwight Eisenhower is, uh, you know, other than the history books myself, but mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a little bit older. I re can remember Nixon uh, being president. That's sort of the first one mm -hmm. I have, but you touch base and uh, their connection to sports, whether they were a great fan or participated in uh, some amateur activity or maybe played major college football as, as some of the presidents did. And uh, I found that really very entertaining. Yeah. You know, one thing that was cool about doing the research and, and that encouraged me was with the exception of Lyndon Johnson, all of the other presidents played or spectated or loved sports in some way, shape or form. So, you know, Eisenhower loved golf. He played more golf than any president before or since. Uh, Nixon loved to bowl, which is a little bit weird. Uh, but that was Nixon. He was a little bit of a loner. You know, one of my favorite stories is Nixon told the White House press corps uh, that when he felt stressed out, he would often at night go and bowl at 10 o'clock or not at night, go and bowl uh, that he had lanes put in, in the White House and he would bowl between seven and 12 games a night, <laughs> which is remarkable. Um, uh, this idea of the, 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 the president of the United States just kind of rolling frame after frame after frame. Uh, I found pretty compelling, particularly because I think it's revealing about who Nixon was, right? Nixon was a little bit of a loner. He was socially awkward. He was not good at small talk. And this idea of him bowling literally alone, I thought was, was a, a powerful image. Yeah, it, it was. And you know, speaking of image, you have an image of Nixon uh, bowling a game. And when, yes. you, when you said, you know, he's bowling like a dozen games at night. I have family that owns uh, bowling lanes here in western Pennsylvania. So I, I do quite a bit of bowling. And I know how tiring it is after like three games when you're bowling in league. You're not ball after ball after ball. And you have an image of Nixon wearing a, a white button down shirt with a tie all the way <laughs> choked up. And yeah. I'm like, my goodness gracious, that's, uh, that's yeah. quite a workout. He, he was, he was, he was, he was always sort of formal, I think, Nixon. And yeah, you know, one thing that's interesting is he, he, as kind of makes sense, he actually got pretty good at bowling uh, over time. 
Uh, he bowled a 229 at one point. He seven strikes, including four in a row. That was his best game ever. But I mean, that's pretty good for an amateur. He's not a professional bowler, right? But for an amateur bowler, that's not bad. But again, he bowled a lot. Yeah, he definitely got a lot of practice out. That's for sure. It's <laughs> a so can you talk to mentioned a little bit? You have we have quite a few of these 13 presidents that love to golf. You know, you talked about Ike, you know, probably one of the, the better golfers. You talked about some guys that maybe weren't so good, but still enjoyed the, yep. the sport. Yep. Uh, I, I guess, um, you know, no, having the knowledge that you have of these guys golfing and, and sharing that with the audience, if you had to pick a f- three guys to be in a foursome, you know, these presidents that they're all in sure. their prime and could golf, who would be the three presidents that you'd want to golf sure. with from this group? Uh, definitely Eisenhower, not because he was particularly good. He was fine. He, you know, he played a lot, but the reason I would want Eisenhower is because he was a member at Augusta and I would, I'm not getting on Augusta otherwise. So, <laughs> so that, 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 that's, that gets me on Augusta. So we're playing a foursome in Augusta. And, and um, you got a place to stay there too, with the cabin they built for him. Exactly. Right? <laughs> the Eisenhower cabin that they built for him. Uh, and there's a bunch of that in the book too, about how that came about, but yes. Um, and then I think probably Trump, uh, because I think he would be interesting to play with. He's quite a good golfer. Uh, he's not as good as he says he is, but he's probably a five or six handicap. I mean, for someone his age, he's, he's pretty good. And then the last one I would say is John Kennedy. John Kennedy is probably the best natural golfer of the 13 I looked at. He really downplayed how much golf he played and how good he was at it because he was concerned that this sort of idea of like golf is an elitist sport. He already had that image from his father being from a wealthy family and, and sort of patrician and blue blood. He didn't want to play into that, but he was quite a good golfer. So I would like to see Kennedy. I think that would also be a hilarious foursome of the military hero, uh, the sort of cam- the, the guy from Camelot and the pro wrestling president, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Very interesting. And I found that, uh, you know, your what you did with uh, Dwight Eisenhower, you know, I knew about the Eisenhower tree, at least the basic story, but you the mm-hmm. detail you went in about that and about the cabin, uh, Augusta building it because he attended uh, so much and like the play down. He was there. there all the time. Yeah. He was literally there all the time. So they built the house for him. I mean, it's nice. And it was interestingly like made to look like a replica of the white house. Uh, he painted there. Uh, pretty regularly. I mean, he sort of, he made in in a lot of ways, Augusta, Augusta, right? Like the way that we think of it now is it's probably the most exclusive golf club in the world. Right. But, but, you know, back in the fifties, it was a little bit, actually forties, it was a little bit different than that. And Eisenhower brought sort of a, uh, fame to it and a level of attention to it that it didn't already have. And I think Augusta recognized that. That's why they built him the Eisenhower cabin, right? They they loved having a president or a former president and a former military hero on the grounds and playing and talking about Augusta and being a member. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Eisenhower was a much deeper athlete than just golf in his, his older years. Uh, you know, we, we know from our, our website, Pigskin Dispatch, and you mentioned in the book quite a bit, that he was mm-hmm. quite the football player back in his days at, at the academy. He was. And, you know, it's so funny. You think of, I, I always think of this in relation to Bo Jackson, not a president of the United States, but like Bo Jackson, had Bo Jackson injured himself, Bo Jackson was a hero of my, you know, I'm 47. So right in my wheelhouse, uh, you know, at, at, with the Raiders and the Royals. And if Bo Jackson had injured himself the way he injured himself and basically ended his career now, you know, he's probably out for a year and then he comes back, you know, medical technology right. being what it is. Well, go, go back another 35 or 40 years, Eisenhower hurts his knee playing uh 
football and that that's it i mean he he's 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 he he no longer plays football even though that was sort of one of the reasons he's at the naval academy in the first place um so it's you know talk about being blessed to live in certain times i always tell my kids you're lucky to be living right now as opposed to 100 years ago it's the perfect example of that yeah absolutely and he wasn't the only uh football player that had some success at the collegiate level uh you you had another president that uh, had quite a career in college Yes. So I would say, um, you know, people always ask me when you, when they find out you've written a book about sports and presidents, well, who, who is the best athlete of all the presidents? That's one of the first questions usually people ask. And I always say the answer to that's pretty clear and, and I think inarguable, and it's Gerald Ford. So Gerald Ford uh, played offensive line and a little bit of defense at the University of Michigan. He was an All-American. Uh, when he graduated, he had offers from both the Bears and the Lions to play professionally. He turned those offers down to go to law school, which, by the way, talk, talk about how things were different back then. It, it mm. Very rarely, I think, would you see a college athlete have an offer to play professional sports and turn it down to go to law school, uh, at least immediately. Mm. Uh, but that's what Ford did. One thing that's really interesting about Ford is, without question, our best, best athlete as president. At the same time, he didn't like to talk about his athletic accomplishments during his political career because he was afraid of being categorized as just a dumb jock. So Lyndon Johnson, uh, president of the United States, often referred to Ford. He, when he referred to Ford, he said, oh, Gerald Ford, he got tackled one man too many times without a helmet on. So he would play into that idea that Ford was kind of like just an athlete. And I think Ford really overcompensated in a lot of ways and didn't talk about his significant athletic achievements. I mean, without question, the most athletically accomplished president that we've ever had. Uh, for that reason, that he wanted to not be typecast. He wanted to be more than just the all-American football player at the University of Michigan. Yeah, that, that that's definitely true. And, uh, you know, many people are aware that he he played, but I don't think they realize how good he was in being the captain of that yes, Michigan team. Too, absolutely. So, so Yeah, he I, was, I mean, he was, a. I always wonder, I mean, I, you know, these debates I think are fascinating. Like, could Gerald Ford play on the University of Michigan offensive line now? No, probably not, given what what his build was and what his stature was but at the time he was a standout yeah most definitely now you know staying on the football theme i think maybe the biggest surprise to me by reading this book is uh you know joe biden and his football career i never realized that yes. uh, you know he had been successful as an athlete at the high school level but maybe you could talk about yes him. Absolutely. So he goes to Archmere Academy, a private school in Delaware, and the, his senior year, he's a wide receiver. His senior year, they're very, very good. They go undefeated. He, he goes at least in part to the University of Delaware to play uh, football. Um, his freshman year, and I think a lot of people who, who have either been kids or have kids can relate to this. His freshman year, his grades are pretty poor. His freshman year of college. So, <clears throat> excuse me, his parents say, you're not playing football. But by the summer after his sophomore year, he's played spring football. He's sort of set to be on the team the following year. What happens? Well, he goes on spring break that summer, that that spring of his sophomore year, and he meets a woman named a, a girl at the time. She's 19, I think, named Nellie. Now, people who are familiar with Joe Biden's uh, background will know that his first wife was Nellie. So he he met his first wife on spring break, the summer of uh, the spring of his sophomore year. So he's forced with a choice. She goes to Syracuse University. He wants to play football at the University of Delaware. If he plays football, he doesn't have his weekends free to go visit her. If he goes and visits her, he can't play football. He chooses her. It wound up being a good choice. She, they they got married. But but yeah, Biden was a. Um, a pretty good 
wide out from everything I could read about was written about him when he was in high school. He's actually a pretty good golfer as well. He's, he's not a bad overall athlete. He doesn't play nearly as much golf as Obama or Trump, his, his, you know, his predecessors in office. Uh, but, but he is a pretty natural, good athlete uh, overall. Though, you know, at, at this point, we're talking about his age. You know, he's 80. We're probably not talking about Joe Biden going out and, and you know, playing football anymore. But at one time, he was a pretty good athlete. Uh, I, that really, really surprised me. Now, another part of the book, which I, I really loved the aspect, you you sort of sneak up and you surprise me. I, I would get in the rhythm of the <laughs> reading on it, and all of a sudden there's a pop culture reference, you know, like uh, a Ron Burgundy quote or, you know. I try. Uh, it, it, it was great. It was very entertaining, and I love being kept good, up good, good. a little bit. It, uh, pertinent to the story so what were sort of uh your uh, was, was that part of your your strategy when you're writing the book you want to have a little bit of that pop culture come in yeah i mean i think that that's sort of how i write generally you know is uh i've always written i've written mostly i should say for the internet my whole life whether it's at cnn or the washington post most of my stuff has appeared online first um and yeah i, I wanted it I, I think what i what i didn't want is for the book to feel like <clears throat> uh required reading that it was something that you know well i i better read this book i wanted people to be excited about reading it and have fun while they were reading it so i tried to make the writing the anecdotes the stories in there as fun as possible and one thing that i was really lucky with with the book was there's so much raw material and honestly and i was surprised by this um not that much has been written about it. So there have been books written about presidents and golf. That Rick Riley wrote a famous book, Commander and Cheat, about Donald Trump and how he cheats at golf. But there hasn't really been a broad look at these sports the presidents played and they loved and what it tells us about them. And so I was mining a lot of ground that hadn't really been mined before. So it made for a fun research. It made for a fun writing process. Uh, and I hope it makes for a fun read. Well, it most definitely does. Okay, now I shared with you what I found as a reader being the most surprising element. What was the most surprising thing to you during your research yeah. that you, you wrote in a book? So, you know, I spent the last five years at CNN covering Donald Trump every single day, uh, writing about him most days. Um, I did not think going into the book that the thing I would have been surprised to learn would be something about Donald Trump. I thought maybe it'd be about Eisenhower or Ford or JFK, you know, someone from, from time past where I was less familiar, but it wound up being Trump. And I'll tell you what it was. So Donald Trump actually played sports in college. It wasn't baseball. It wasn't golf. It was squash. So he played squash for one year at Fordham. And I talked to his biographer, uh, um, a guy named, uh, well, a guy at the Washington Post uh, who was wonderful and a former colleague of mine. And he told me this great story uh, about Trump as a squash player. And he essentially said, Trump wasn't a great squash player, not because he wasn't athletic, but because he didn't have the patience to sort of pound out points. He would get frustrated and just wail the ball as hard as he could. And, you know, that often would lead to an error and he would lose the point. One other fun story about Trump and squash. He uh, didn't like to take the team bus to and from games. So he would drive his sports car with his friends from the team with it. Now, the coach gave him transportation money for that, but he also charged his friends tolls and gas. So he pocketed that money, too. <laughs> On one trip, they had just lost at the Naval Academy in Maryland. Uh, on the way back, 
Trump pulls into a department store. I think it was a Montgomery Wards. This will date him a little bit, but a, a general department store. He emerges from the department store with a set, of, a new, brand new set of golf clubs, tees, and balls. They proceed to drive to this bluff overlooking the Chesapeake Bay, and he and his friends just blast ball after ball into the into the water until they get bored and leave the golf clubs by the brand new golf clubs by the side of the road drive off back to Fordham. So <laughs> I found that I just I didn't know that about him. I love the anecdote. Mark Fisher is sorry is the Washington Post reporter's name who I talked to about this. I love that idea of Trump being not patient enough to succeed at squash despite his athletic ability. I think it's an interesting metaphor for sort of how he approached politics too. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of maybe some of his business dealings too. He's sort of yes, his television programs and uh, seems to be the part of the personality. So yeah, very, very interesting. Well, Chris, why don't we take this opportunity to give the listeners, once again, give them the name of the book and where folks may get a copy of it. So it's called Power Players, Sports, Politics, and the American Presidency. If you type power players, you should be able to find it. Um, it is on Amazon. It is on uh, Barnes & Noble. It's it's on bookshop.org. Uh, there's an audio book, which I read. So if you like my voice, buy the audio book because it's me reading it. Uh, it's on Kindle. You also can go to, in real life, brick and mortar stores, any brick and mortar store that sells books. It should be there uh, by now. If not, ask for it and it, it, it will be there within a few days. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you you coming on and you know, sharing the stories from this book and and sharing this book for the world to you know not only capture uh, you know sports history but capture American history and world history in the process. And I love the mix of, of all the elements: the entertainment of the pop culture, the you know history of the presidents, and of course sports. So it was a great book, and uh, I highly recommend it. And uh, thank you, sir, for joining us today. Thanks for the kind words. It was really fun to write. I hope it's as fun to read. We're dribbling around and see the shot clock's almost out, so we got to put up our shot and come back tomorrow for some more great sports history. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com, not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.